Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Tech News Today for Tuesday, March 8th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by Slingbox, which can turn your iPad into a television with the new iPad app from Slingbox. You can watch your home TV on your iPad anywhere you go. Check it out at slingbox.com. Welcome to Tech News Today live from Orlando, Florida. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Becky Worley. And I'm Jason Howell. And this is the show where we read the blogs and the RSS feeds so you don't have to. <laughs> Tom! And tell you. We do real, re- well, no, okay, yeah, we, we, we tell you what's toss. going on in tech, come on. You do real reporting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, joining us to talk over the tech news of the day is Ms. Ella Morton, a fellow Hello. CNET alumnus, uh, host of Rocket Boom, and writer at URDB.org. You're, you're helping record records now, that's awesome. I am indeed. Anyone can set any world record at URDB. In fact, your own Leary Laporte has a world record with us. I know, mm. and I'd forgotten which record it was until you reminded me in the pre-show. Uh, it That's was true. for crowd surfing, right? It was the longest live-streamed crowd surf, and he said it at a Dignation <laughs> event. He was, he was so happy. I wonder when that you know, was. <laughs> we're going to a South by Southwest yeah. again uh, this year, and uh, we should figure out a record to set. Mm. Please. I, I would like to see you break that crowd surfing record, actually. I don't think I could. Maybe Leo could break his own record. Why did Leo have to have to come down from the crowd surf? Did they drop him? Were was there a technical failure? What do we you know? What was the impediment to going longer, Tom? You can do it. <laughs> he can, he'd still be there. I mean, he had to come down sometime. It was it was Dignation's show after all. I mean, they needed they needed to have the attention back on them all at right. some point. All right. But no, I don't think there was any disasters. I Good. think it, he just made a circuit around the crowd. That was all. All right, let's get into the news. Uh, Deutsche Telekom, according to Bloomberg, is in discussions to spin off T-Mobile USA. Uh, this, is, this has been something that's been speculated a while. Bloomberg reporting that uh, Deutsche Telekom AG is in talks with Sprint Nextel. So that would become Sprint Nextel T-Mobile if this were to happen. Or Sprint uh, Nextel Mobile. Next, yeah. There's some... There's- Next T-Mobile L. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, and anyway, the, the report is that they're looking for an exchange uh, of T-Mobile USA to Sprint in exchange for a major stake in the combined entity. So then Deutsche Telekom would own a piece of Sprint. Uh, the problem is they can't agree on a valuation for T-Mobile. So that's holding up the deal and may scuttle it. Yeah, there, there, was, there was some talk that T-Mobile thinks that they're worth about $25 billion, but the problem is T-Mobile is losing subscribers, which makes their actual valuation questionable and somewhere probably more like 15 to $20 billion. Um, but combining the third and the fourth largest carriers um, seems like a good way to compete and definitely puts them in line to get more compelling gadgets and maybe offer um, faster data plans. And maybe that's what this fundamentally comes down to is spectrum and, and data speeds. What do you think, Tom? Well, if we if we see Sprint and T-Mobile uh, combined, then that's less choice. That's less competition in the market. So I don't really like the idea uh, much. And also, you know, Sprint has WiMAX right now for its fastest speed. Uh, it's talked about switching to LTE. And what they get with T-Mobile, a declining subscriber base and HSPA Plus, 
does not seem like a forward movement for them. Uh, but think about it, though. The growth potential for T-Mobile subscribers is pretty good because they haven't been leaders in smartphone um, adoption. So that means that actually there's a larger pool of people to convert over to bring into the data world and into the smartphone world. So it's sort of an emerging market, if you will. So in some, I think that there is a value there. And then the other issue is whether or not this is Sprint's play. They either have to go out and get more spectrum and work harder to establish their relationships and cement their relationships with Clearwire, or do they try and somehow merge the data networks with what T-Mobile already has? Ella, as a, as a cell phone user, does, does any of this matter to you, or are you just an AT&T and Verizon going to uh, I I'm a Verizon girl but I'm wondering who is this going to benefit is this going to be better for T-Mobile customers or for Sprint customers in terms of 4G because there's this whole like the the HSPA plus versus WiMAX I'm I'm seeing anecdotal evidence that the 3G the HSPA plus is actually faster in some cases than the WiMAX that's meant to be the, the top speed I, what's the deal there yeah, well, the theoretical speed of HSPA plus is is in excess of, of what of the WiMAX that Clear and Sprint have rolled out, uh, but it depends. In, in practice, WiMAX is usually faster, although sometimes HSPA plus was factor is faster. And Perface for Radio in the uh, chat room points out that Sprint would get tower releases in areas where they don't have the best coverage so and, you know and that goes back to back to what becky was saying about uh increasing the the footprint both on spectrum but also on on coverage i guess that would be valuable uh for sure and that's probably that's probably why the conversation is where it's at is sprint saying look we, we really just want the towers in the spectrum and sprint uh, and- stock went up on the news interestingly enough so there's something that the market is is evaluating saying that this would be of benefit to sprint and their total valuation is lower than t-mobile's they're valued around 13 billion so it would be an interesting conglomeration just based on those kind of issues best way to get new customers is not to raise prices but that's what t-mobile is going to do uh, <laughs> they have uh, just changed the prices to offer a monthly 200 megabyte data plan for $30. That raises it $5. A uh, 5 gigabyte plan goes up from $40 to $50, up 10 bucks. Uh, and they added a new tier, a 10 gigabyte plan uh, for $80. Although, if you have T-Mobile Voice, you do get a 20% discount and, on the data. And they're also doing the, I read somewhere that they're starting some throttling. If you're going over 5 gigabytes, that they'll start throttling you down. So it's interesting that they're just working to kind of manage all of the data plans coming up. Um, I was just talking to Tony upstairs, and he's got the new uh, MyTouch from T-Mobile. And, you know, there's just not, haven't been as many smartphones available on T-Mobile, and I think they're now just kind of wrestling with all of the bandwidth issues. All right, let's move on to uh, another big uh, surprise news. Uh, Facebook announced today they're partnering with Time Warner uh, to stream movies. There's a test up right now. Uh, if you go to uh, Facebook's uh, Dark Knight webpage and, and you have to go to facebook.com slash dark knight k-n-i-g-h-t uh you can rent the dark knight for 30 facebook credits because it's a company store you gotta pay in <laughs> facebook currency uh that's about three bucks uh to rent the movie you have 48 hours to watch from the time you purchase it uh and it's a it's a test time warner of course one of the biggest critics of netflix and now they're throwing a little bit of their weight towards facebook and already facebook stopped Stock dropped around 5%, almost 6% on the news. Yeah, it's interesting because Goldman was saying that this is really a, a, comp- a competitive move towards Amazon or iTunes or pay per, you know, sort of the, the watch on demand, pay on demand type of um, services. But 
Um, they, it seems like the love affair with Netflix, as you said earlier, Tom, everybody's gunning for Netflix. So any news, any big fish to jump into the pond would sort of dampen the Netflix stock. Um, and, you know, it doesn't seem quite yet that this is ready for prime time. I mean, I went to the Facebook page. I bought the credits. I got the movie. That part was pretty pro- uh, pretty easy process. But then again, the, the the quality wasn't fantastic. There's no easy way to wireless way to stream it to an HDTV, and it wasn't available in high def. So it was only three bucks, but still yet, um, not necessarily seeing this as the wave of the future. Yeah, I like I mean, to I like to have the 28 days. Yeah, uh, don't yeah, instead of the 48 one, hours. One one thing that crept to my mind is that uh, they have an advantage in that they already know what movies you like because you literally list it as liking it on Facebook. So they know what to recommend you and there's a high chance that you'll like it. Hmm. That's true. And you can also, you know, pass around recommendations to be, I just watched The Dark Knight and that may make some of your friends decide to go and rent The Dark Knight or maybe they'll put out some way that you can watch it with your Facebook friends. Everybody's streaming it simultaneously and chatting and those, those sorts of things have never really caught on on Blu-ray, but maybe Facebook's the one that makes it work. My problem was I, I actually went to the uh, the Facebook page and it, I, I forced SSL connections uh, with Facebook and it would not load the page that would let me rent the dark night so i would like it to be a little more secure before i'm going to go and plop down my 30 quatloos or whatever it is that Facebook <laughs> charges your I county fair script well. yeah. i had a problem because i searched for dark night in the search bar in facebook and the page that came up was the sort of fan page for it but it wasn't the official warner brothers one so even though three million people were listed as fans the movie wasn't offered because it wasn't the official page Mm. See, and that's another thing. They should they should make it like an embeddable rental unit so that all of those unofficial pages could have it as well, and then they could just make that much more money off of it. All right. All right uh, moving on, Microsoft has a job posting up that's uh, causing a few eyebrows to go up regarding console development. They're seeking a hardware energy engineer in their interactive entertainment business division. Posting indicates Microsoft wants to hire a graphics hardware architect for the company's Xbox console architecture group, which the post claims is responsible for defining and delivering next generation console architectures from conception through implementation. So that has everybody saying it's going to be the next Xbox, the Xbox 720. They're finally working on it. Uh, Microsoft says, oh, no, we can <laughs> we can live off the Xbox 360 platform for decades yet. Yeah, at CES, they're, um, one of the guys who is their, uh, let's say, product management for Xbox uh, 360, David Hufford, he was saying, you know what, we're in this for the long haul. It's the long future for us. The Xbox 360 is the future console. And it's like, hmm, you'd think that what they're, what their strategy is is by rolling out Connect that that extends the life of the product. Um, will they continue to accessorize it, uh, or is this really a hint to we'll see a console in what's your guess, Tom? Two years, three years? I think that that might even be a little soon. Uh, if they're just starting development now and just architecture development, maybe five. Hmm. Hmm. At the outside. At the outside. Wow, the lifespan of video game systems has really grown. Yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't Sony bragging that I mean, the PS3? It used PS3? to be five years was the lifespan, more yeah. or less. And, there, you know, yeah. Sony said the PS3 could go 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's that's hard to imagine just in terms of keeping the income flowing in the door. If they're just they making it on subscription. they still sell the PS2. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. 
All right, let's take a quick break and uh, thank our sponsor, Slingbox. Now with Slingbox, I can watch my home TV, which is in San Rafael, California, right here in Orlando, Florida, on my iPad. Don't even have to, like, mess with – I don't even turn televisions on when I'm in a hotel room anymore because Slingbox lets me get everything that's on my DVR, everything that's on my home TV on my iPad. Only Slingbox lets you watch your home TV anywhere you go. You're not limited to certain channels. You don't pay a monthly subscription fee. You don't have to pay extra for special services. Anything you can watch in your living room, or in my case, I actually have it hooked up to my bedroom TV. That way we're not fighting over it in the living room. But anything you have your Slingbox hooked up to, you can watch on your iPad. No other system lets you do this. You can even control and watch your DVR. In addition to this iPad, Slingbox works with any smartphone, iPod Touch, or laptop. Uh, if you'd like to get started with Slingbox, just connect it to the internet, connect it to your home TV, install the app on your laptop or your iPad, and then anywhere you go where you have an internet signal, uh, you can watch your home TV. It's that easy. Check it out. Slingbox is available at Best Buy and Amazon, and you can learn more at slingbox.com. Spotify released some encouraging numbers today. They say they have hit 1 million paid subscribers, and they note that that ratio is 15% uh, of their total million subscribers. 1 million subscribers. Uh, Wired looked at that number and said, wait a minute, in September, you said you had a total of 10 million subscribers. So if 1 million subscribers is 15%, that means you lost subscribers, (laughs) at least the free ones. Uh, then if you read a little more closely, it's 1 million is 15% of active subscribers. Uh, so that would mean that the active subscribers are around 6.7 million. Uh, but paid content speculates this might mean the United States might finally get Spotify. Uh, although they also point out that this doesn't mean Spotify is profitable yet. Yeah. Uh, What do you guys think in terms of, is this the magic bullet that's going to do it in terms of streaming music services? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. What's your take, Ella? Everyone, all my friends who live in London are constantly talking about Spotify and constantly sending out links on Twitter that are like, listen to this song. And then I click on it and it says, sorry, this is a Spotify link. You cannot listen. I mean, everyone over there seems to love it. I I use Last FM at the moment, but I'm I'm waiting for Spotify. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, what 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 do you think is the difference? Because it sounds very similar to something like RDO or maybe Slacker or like you say, Last FM. Uh, but but yet everyone in Europe is just gaga over this thing, and people in the United States because of that are like, we must have Spotify. Uh, and it's not just the fact that it's free, and they have a free version with advertisements. Uh, it just mm. seems to be flexible, I guess. And it seems to have a really huge music library. I mean, Last FM. I use it for recommendations if I don't really know what I'm looking for, but I know what kind of music I want to listen to. Whereas Spotify, it just seems like anything you want to listen to at any time, you can pretty much, unless you have very obscure tastes, you can pretty much listen to it whenever and then share it well, with people. And that's why, that's why it hasn't come to the U.S. yet is because they haven't struck the deals with the labels. And if they don't strike those deals with the labels, they can't have that massive library, and then they lose that advantage. Yeah, and that's exactly what they're saying in the chat room. High-quality, instant, massive library. Um, Those are the three things that people are citing, and it has to go down to that library and those relationships before it can really tip the scales here, it seems. All right. The Supreme Court of the United States has agreed to decide whether Congress may take works out of the public domain. Uh, Usually we talk about preventing them from going in the public domain, but several works, including, among others, uh, H.G. Wells' Things to Come, Fritz Lang's Metropolis, uh, the compositions of Igor Fyodorovich Stravinsky, 
uh, all went into the public domain before 1994, and yet they were still copyright protected in other places in the world. So Congress passed a law in 1994 to move the works back into copyright so that the United States policy would comply with an international copyright treaty known as the Berne Convention. Uh, several filmmakers, distributors, people who had who had been using Metropolis to, to put out on VCR, VHS at the time, uh, people who were composers who performed uh, Stravinsky's music in, in public. And took don't the forget case Peter and the Wolf. Peter and the Wolf was That's, one of these uh, that went yeah. back in. I, was, I listened to this when we were when I was researching it, and I thought, oh, it took me right back to listening to it as a kid. So, <laughs> so they, t- they they said, look, take backs. These are no longer public domain, and you can't perform them without paying a license anymore. Right. And the complaints are from, as you said, there was one composer, uh, one uh, uh, symphony uh, conductor who said for smaller symphonies, they can't afford the royalties on some of these pieces. And they choose pieces that are in the public domain just so that they can um, perform in a cost-effective way. So it is a big deal for a lot of people. Why do you think... It just seems, it just seems so harsh, like, especially if the people involved are no longer on this earth, if they're dead. Like, what's it to them? <laughs> Why... Why close the door after the horse is bolted? It just seems really unfair. Dead people, let the horse bolt, says Ellen Morton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop beating dead people's horses. <laughs> uh, no, you know, this is just, it'll be interesting to see what the what the Supreme Court rules on this. Lower court said, uh, no, you can't take something out of the public domain. Tenth uh, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said, yeah, you can take it out. Uh, and now it's it's going to be decided for good. But we tend to overprotect in this country, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Supreme Court said no. There was a there was a you know definite uh, motivation and public good and blah blah blah. So putting him back into copyright is is fine. Uh, but frankly, we I, I say this all the time in, in relation to other stories. But we are hurting creativity. We are hurting productivity and probably hurting our economy by having such stringent copyright rules. I'm in Orlando, Florida right now. I feel like they might come bust down the door for me saying this right now. Mickey's going to come I'm, get you, homie. I'm surrounded by copyright law uh, in this place. Disney is one of the main reasons we have a 90-year extension after the death of the author uh, oh. of a work. Well, but in that case, it's really good that they have all those copyrights because it helps them to pay my salary. I work for Disney. Full, full disclosure, I had to put that in there somehow. <laughs> all right let's uh before we get becky fired let's uh move on craig newmark uh founder of craigslist has a new venture called craig connects you can go to his website at craigconnects.org uh craig's connect craig connects is apparently about calling attention to and connecting good effective nonprofits and other organizations that do good works yeah, this is, there's, it's a good idea. Uh, it's a little weird, though. I mean, I have to say, I went there expecting something like Craigslist, and maybe that's my problem. Uh, and I was expecting just something like, like um, Jumo. Do you know Jumo? It's that uh, it's like a social network that leverages Facebook, but for connecting people with nonprofits. It was created by Chris Hughes, who's one of the creators of Facebook. How do you spell it? J U M E R. J J U M O. J U O. Of course, we don't have vowels in, uh, at the end of words anymore. <laughs> I forgot. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting something like that, but it just seems like a personally curated list of Craig Newmark's favorite nonprofits, which is fine, but it, it's just not what I thought it would be. Yeah, Craig does what Craig wants. I think it's like shiny, <laughs> shiny for nonprofits. Like, I'm Craig, and this is what I think is cool. Check it. 
Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's saying this. He's going to spend the next twenty years of his life working on this. Uh, he's got a main post up. There's a, there's a separate blog, uh, and then the featured nonprofit of the day right now is Donors Choose. Uh, and he's got an explanation. He's got a nice video where he talks about uh, what what the blog or what the site is supposed to do. But other than, like you say, being sort of a a group on for nonprofits, where it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna highlight the the charity of the day. I, I assume that this is going to expand. That he's he's got he's got bigger ideas for this. Otherwise, he wouldn't be thinking about doing this for the next twenty years. And I, I find it impossible to criticize. I think it's a great idea. I think it's, you know, I was just thinking about TED, you know, the TED Talks and what they accomplish and how they inspire people and get us thinking about things in different ways and at the same time bring attention to nonprofits and causes and, and movements. And, you know, everything starts organically and, and probably this is Craig's attempt to just get the ball rolling to do something he believes in and who knows what it'll turn into. Yeah. All right. Uh, come, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ella. No, I was just going to say it looks like it's in beta, so I'm, I'm enthusiastic to see what it will become. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we just need to give it a little more time. And and Craig's a very open guy, so once he starts something, he's going to roll it out and say, here it is, warts and all, uh, and, and, and just keep tweaking it uh, and and take feedback. So I guess what I should do is if, if I've got a better idea of what he should do, just send it to him. He probably implements it. <laughs> all right, this Friday is iPad 2 day. Uh, iPad 2 Why Why do we holidayize Apple product releases. Because I've got a card for you, buddy, and I just want you to know that on iPad Two Day, I care about you, Tom. Aw, that's I so know. sweet. I know. Just, uh, just email it to me. I will. Um, anyway, Gene Munster with Piper Jeffrey noted on Tuesday that he believes that iPad Two will outsell and sell faster uh, than the iPad, but he doesn't believe that there will be the long lines, and maybe that's why Apple has not set up a pre-order or reservation system for iPad Two. Uh, he says because. They are selling it at 10,000 stores versus the 1,100 Best Buy stores that they started with last year. There's 236 Apple stores, so I guess they had about 1,300 stores at the iPad launch. Mm. They're selling it not just at Apple stores and Best Buy, but they're also selling it at Walmart, at Target, at AT AT&T, and Verizon stores. So there'll be plenty of places to go to get it. Low hype, big sales. You got to think that that's what Apple's sort of going for here is that they've done all the marketing work. They don't want to create any barriers to entry for people. Just walk in and buy the damn thing already. You know, that's got to be. Why is everybody, everybody in the chat room saying it's because we have to take a day off from work to stand in line? Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> it You do lose some of the communal line to watch, you know. Return of the Jedi feeling. There's definitely the loss of that. There will be no sleeping bags out on the floor of Walmart as you can easily walk in and purchase the product with no line. So I think that's a that's a loss. That's a loss. It's a loss? Well, it's not like we're all going to go camping together. I mean, yeah, that was well, we our only chance. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe it should just be the ability to walk in and buy a product should be enough. No, that's not enough hype, Tom. That's not magical uh, and revolutionary. Add some hype. Uh, iOS 4.3, Steve Jobs said on stage when he announced the iPad 2, it will be coming out March 11th. But that's not good enough. Nope. The hype machine is up, and people were saying, it's going to come out today. And then it didn't come out today. And like, yeah, it's not coming out today. But I guarantee it's coming out tomorrow. Why would it not come out Friday? Well, uh, maybe, mm, yeah, uh, who knows? That's a good question. Under-promise, over-deliver? Maybe maybe the idea is that it'll roll out on Thursday and that it can have its own moment in the sun before the iPad 2 steals it. Are you going to get an iPad 2, Ella? 
Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm weighing it up because I have the most ancient MacBook Pro in the world. It's like the very first version of the MacBook Pro. So uh, now that they've been refreshed, I was thinking about getting a new one. But then I'm also thinking about the fact that I don't want a hernia. So I might just get an iPad 2 and then get the little keyboard attachment because I love the apps and I just can't decide. What should I do? Tell you're me. The, you're the perfect candidate for the iPad, too, because you're a content creator and it's yeah. so mobile and it's so great for, I mean, the, the, the premise is that it's so great. We'll see how it actually um, this is where delivers. our chat room comes in very handy, yeah, Ella. I'm going to ask the chat room right now. <laughs> if you would just type, type into the chat room what Ella should do, iPad 2 or hernia. <laughs> whichever whichever ones you choose uh and, and then you can you can take your advice from there prior to asking the chat book was saying she should get a macbook air that she was the candidate but there. Aren't, aren't they about to be refreshed i, I feel like i should wait for a little while mm. Actually, a lot of people are saying macbook air even though it was not one of the choices a very disappointing number of people are choosing hernia <laughs> yeah you had to well, know thanks, you give guys. the option thanks very much you know what the bottom line is i think that if you are a content creator for the web iPad 2 is probably a good choice. I couldn't do it because I do so much of external video that I'm inputting. So, I, it's, I, you, you probably, I mean, I, you never know. I think it's not. UK Radio thinks a hernia is cheaper. I think you should, maybe it's because you have socialized medicine in the UK that you think that's that. True. I don't know. That's true. That's right. True. <laughs> hernia can be very expensive. <laughs> I have to say I like the sound of, I'll, I'll wait till the MacBook Air gets refreshed and then I'll see what I'll do. Nice call. All right. Let's move on to the news fuse. When you get $16 million in VC funding, what should you do with it? How about expanding your business overseas and figuring out how to accept payments from your customers because you want their money to pay for the expansion overseas? That's what Boxy is doing with its funding. It's targeting adoption in the UK, Germany, and the Netherlands specifically and also launching a way for independent network content creators to get paid within the system. And they've already got an official partner in CBS. So you can download all those two and a half men episodes on your boxy. Box. Oh, archive ones. Archived. Too soon. I know. I think you should take that sixteen million in VC and throw big parties. Isn't that what you're supposed to do with the money? I think you should commission a new show starring Charlie Sheen called One Man. <laughs> Just one, or maybe part of one. The Chinese government has issued a report calling for more cloud computing, more fiber, and more circuit and monitor production. The Hey China, Let's Get Geekier report was compiled by the country's National Development and Reform Commission. It wasn't actually called that. That's just what I call it. Uh, but the report does call for a million more kilometers of fiber optic cable, uh, increasing the number of broadband Internet ports by 35 million to a whopping 223 million for the country. Hot Facebook app news here. Uh, first of all, Angry Birds in our Angry Birds Watch report. Angry Birds is coming to Facebook, uh, but later yeah. rather than sooner. Rovio has officially said the release will happen, but it will be in May, not March. So hold on to your slingshots for another few months, people. Uh, and then if you had to guess the top app on Facebook, you might think Farmville, right? Because that's everybody that talks about Farmville yes. or Mafia Wars. Cityville tops the chart. Number one is Cityville with 20 million daily users. So Zynga, it's still a Zynga property, but not Farmville. Farmville's number three uh, with over 13 million users. Number two, Windows Messenger. What? what? With 14 and a half million daily users. That's crazy. Windows, Microsoft has the weirdest side businesses. You ever notice that? Uh, so I mean, Windows Messenger is one of those quietly hugely popular things. But then why would you need to use it in an app in Facebook? I don't know. Apparently you do. Weird. Who knew? Weird. 
A new technique developed by researchers at Concordia University in Quebec could be used to unmask would-be anonymous emailers by sniffing out patterns in their writing style. From the use of all lowercase letters to common typos, their techniques could be used to serve up evidence in court, giving law enforcement more detailed information than just a simple IP address can produce. The researchers tested, let's see, 200,000 emails from 158 different employees at Enron, strangely enough, and were able to identify authors 80 to 90 percent of the time. Hmm. No more trolls (laughs) posting anonymously. That's good. Uh, LimeWire just cannot catch a break. Uh, They shut down their business but that's not enough for the music industry. The file sharing companies reportedly settled with music publishers for copyright infringement. The damages have not been specified, but LimeWire's main battle with the record labels is continuing on trial over how much damages LimeWire will have to pay those companies, and that's going to happen later this year. So it ain't over for LimeWire yet, even though they're dead. They're still fighting the man, Tom. Zombie LimeWire. <laughs> Annoyed that if you want to use Google Voice to call somebody's VoIP number, you still have to use POTS? Well... Worry no more, my friends. As of Monday, you can now make purely Internet-based phone calls. Making a SIP call with a SIP prefix, uh, prefix the Google Voice phone number, and an at sip.voice.google.com skips the conventional phone network entirely, saving users cell phone minutes, uh, which is always a good thing. Disruptive telephone... Uh, let's see. The company is called Disruptive Telephony. It's a blog, Disruptive Telephony. Oh, they I test it. them. They just they they tested it and they uh, they said it worked good. All right. Well, actually, they said great. That's a quote. I think I was just stuck on telephony. I thought it was like a that we needed Patrick Beja. I think it was a French um, blog actually. It's just it's just telephony. No, it's yeah. telephony. French <laughs> telephony. It's telephony, Thomas. <laughs> YouTube has acquired web video production company Next New Networks. Uh, they're a conglomerate of production company, film school, marketing company, uh, all for YouTube web video creators. Uh, Channel Frederator is one of their big hits. YouTube says the newly bought production team will test YouTube technologies as well as acting as an incubator for up-and-coming video talent. Um, Becky thinks they're also going to train dogs to skateboard. I think that. I think that <laughs> that's going to be really positive for the revenue. Bottom line, that's what you got to have. <laughs> Will they prioritize content created by Next New on the front page of YouTube? It always interests me when like a, a search engine or an mm-hmm. aggregator partners with a content creation company or creates their own content. Whether I they would assume so. Why uh, give the clicks away when you can yeah. keep them all in-house? That's the business model for sure. Now, Ella, uh, you say you, you have an inside source on this next story, Tinted Sheen, the Charlie Sheen browser blocker, so that if you've had enough of hearing about Charlie Sheen, he can be removed from your personal internet. I absolutely do. This is a, a browser add-on made by a nice young man called Greg Luch, who is also responsible for the shaved Bieber application, which removes instances of Justin Bieber from the internet. And as a result, he's received so much hate mail from 14-year-old girls. It's just astounding. Um, he created a Tumblr specifically to post all his hate mail. But this is a, a browser add-on that basically removes any instance of Charlie Sheen on the internet. So things like video, text, anything you want. If you're sick of the, the Sheen and the winning and the the tiger blood, then this is a way to remove it from your life, or at least your online life. GoDaddy well, says also- they've, they've registered 1,000 Charlie Sheen domains in the last week. So wow. the, the Sheen-isms are up, up, and rising. Will it remove Adonis DNA-related references? 
Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's in the list of keywords, but you know, it's funny. This the code that Greg used to write the Shave Bieber app and the Charlie Sheen app has actually been used by other people to do things like remove instances of their ex boyfriend's name or remove someone that they just can't stand, like their arch nemesis. It's it's quite interesting. Yeah, if you like not winning, you might want to install this app. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the calendar. Big news today, AMD officially announcing and introducing their flagship GPU, the Radeon HD 6990. Nice. It's planned here to target um, specifically counter NVIDIA's current generation flagship GTX 580. Now, me personally, this does not get me super excited, but when Tom pointed out one of the reviewers' really insightful comments, then I got excited. Tweet what towns, comments would those be, Becky? Th- this is the one that you <laughs> thought would especially make me laugh in terms of the journalistic integrity of the reviewer. Tweaktown's Anthony Gareffa says, The 6990 punches all other GPUs in the nuts. <laughs> Well-written review. I mean, what else do you need to know in a review? <laughs> like, you could just... That's the sentence. Period. If you're building your own box, that's what you need to know. Done and done. Uh, moving on, the Nokia E7 is up for pre-order in the States. Uh, presumed April delivery. It's 679 bucks. obviously unlocked. It's an Amazon. The Nokia people, they love their phones. That's a lot of coin, but they want it. Uh, Chrome 10, out of beta today. It's an official release. Auto updates. Uh, and the big improvement? 66% speed performance in JavaScript, uh, in 66% improvement in JavaScript performance. So we'll take that as good. Um, Adobe has the release of the 10.3 beta of Flash. They're continuing the fight. Uh, mostly this looks like audio tools, uh, new to- tools to help with noise cancellation. It'll auto-correct mic levels. Um, and this is kind of interesting, especially for the Aussie in our group. Uh, Adobe releasing a tool called Wallaby that will help you port Flash to HTML5 standards. So um, Adobe's pretty quick to point out that not all of Flash professional features are supported in the HTML5 format. Um, So you'll have to do some tweaks, and it's not a simple port. um, But they stop short of sticking their tongue out at Steve Jobs. So that's coming out from Adobe. Uh, Opera launching a mobile app store today. Everybody's got one, so they got to have one too. Space Shuttle Discovery coming home tomorrow. Uh, Yay. Yeah, there's Space News. Discovery launched in 1984. Who knew? Spent a total of 365 days in space, traveled more than 148 million miles, 39 flights, and it'll either land at Kennedy Space Center uh, or I don't know where the other site was, but it has two landing opportunities, so we'll see where it lands tomorrow. Probably both at Kennedy, just, just different opportunities possibly. Yeah. I, I know it's just a big space truck, but I'm going to miss it. Yeah. yeah. Just knowing it's there was a comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boing Boing has a story up about a virtual cafe opening up uh, online to help the folks in Christchurch, New Zealand, after the earthquake. Uh, you can buy a virtual espresso, a virtual uh, flat white, which I assume is some sort of like cappuccino. Oh, that's, what's a I flat know what that white? is. What's a flat it's- white? It's an Antipodean uh, coffee that you just cannot get in America. It's The closest equivalent is a cafe latte, but it's not quite the same. Hmm, a flat white. Well, wow, good thing yeah. we had you for the local knowledge. Uh, and they do point out you will not receive any of these things when you pay, but they will benefit the, uh, especially the coffee professionals of Christchurch who were hurt by the, the uh, earthquake. Just an interesting concept, a virtual cafe. 
what else we got going on here? Oh, the heads of Google, eBay, Facebook, and Twitter may be invited to advise Nicolas Sarkozy uh, about the future of the internets, uh, all for the G8 summit. This is going to be happening in Paris in May. And uh, this is just kind of rumor, but like if, if Barack Obama can have a geek party, so can Nicolas Sarkozy. Um, and these guys will not actually address the G8 summit, but it looks like they'll meet um, and come up with some sort of distilled wisdom that they will share to the larger group in May. All right. We are still going to South by Southwest Sunday, March 12th and 13th. That's this weekend. So I'm going to have to get back from Florida to California and then go to Austin. Uh, and Jammer B is driving a bunch of our stuff out there. You can follow him on Glimpse. Right now, we can see he's in Arizona. Ooh. Yeah, which means he's still headed generally in the direction of Austin. He hasn't just taken off on a wild hair and, you know, gone up to Minnesota. <laughs> he's or in Mexico. You think that this is just uh, like a cool thing we're doing so everybody can watch the progress? We're actually, we just don't trust Jammer Yes, I would. Yeah, that guy has hey, all wait our a gear. That arrow's not moving. <laughs> hey, what's he doing right now? What's he doing? Are you taking a, we call him. Are you taking a bathroom break? Because I just saw it, I just saw, yeah. saw it pause on Glimpse. What are you doing? <laughs> you, you didn't tell us you were going to take a break. That's Lisa. She's calling him and dropping the hammer. You know it ain't us. <laughs> Don't forget, on uh, Sunday, March 13th, there is a meetup at Momo's. You do have to be 21 and over uh, to get in because it's a bar. But starting at uh, 4 o'clock, Tech News Today will broadcast live. 5 o'clock this week in Tech. Our meetup is at 6 o'clock. So check it out. Come on by. We're going to have a ton of guests on both of these shows there for you to meet and say hi to. Uh, Live bands performing after we're done. Uh, So do come on by and get all the details at inside.twit.tv. All right, let's get on to the voicemails so we can wrap this up. 260-TNT-SHOW. And we want to hear before we go from Philip, who actually is in Minnesota uh, on purpose. He's, he's not like there's anything wrong with Jammer B going to Minnesota because we like people like Phil. Hi, this is Philip from Minnesota. I'm just calling about the Facebook story and the Facebook commenting you guys were talking about on Monday. It would actually be possible for you to set up a group of people on Facebook and limit what that group could see. So in theory, I don't know what the settings would be or how the your comments would show up in your newsfeed, but in theory, you could actually group all of your contacts into different groups to show what everyone would see and maybe even put everybody in a group so nobody sees your comments and whatnot. But then again, who's going to do that for all 400 of your friends? I don't know, just a thought. Thanks for the show. Bye. That's the bottom line is they they put this functionality in. And while there are ways to customize it, it's it's a pain. And the assumption is that people will customize their privacy settings, but they don't really. And it's it's an enigma wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in a falafel. It's very confusing to get into those Facebook settings and do it, you know, get them the way you want it for the regular average Joe, I think. All right, let's move on to the emails. TNT at twit.tv. Becky's got the first one for us. Yeah, so set this up, Tom, because the story in question was about an, a content filter for phone owners in the UK, right? Yes, you have set it up. That's already. all we need to know, right? You have yep. to be 18 and over in this content filter for some material. So this is from Fred in the UK. Love the show regarding the O2 over 18 content filter discussed in TNT 992. Some misunderstanding. I'm an iPhone customer tech support advisor for O2, taking a large number of calls on this issue. 
The 18 Plus filter has been a service for several years. And the filter service database thingy basically died last week. I love that he called it a thingy. And as a result, all those who may have already verified their age will have been prompted to do it again um, when they go to a site. Um, and so basically he's saying this was in effect all through time. This is just that the thingy went down and now that you have to recertify yourself. So right. um, it's interesting. I just love that we have listeners who are so viscerally involved in all these things all around the world. So thank you, Fred. Thanks, Fred. Yeah, appreciate the uh, the insight. And, fi- and Nameless, who shall remain nameless, mm. uh, wrote in and said, in case you're interested in insider's view on how Apple is affecting the storage market, I found myself lusting over Apple's newly announced hardware. I was interrupted then by a frighteningly titled Outlook invite, Emergency Department Announcement, Changing Market Environment. I work for Zyratech, recently announced the world's largest supplier of OEM storage systems for the second year running. The company's storage division strategy is dependent on a well-established ongoing 10% demand growth per annum. The decreased demand for notebooks, and therefore, in turn, two-and-a-half-inch hard drive storage, is being attributed to tablet sales. And per the email, the iPad specifically, we were advised not to speculate on an outcome as this trend may not continue. They have, however, frozen all pay increases and hires. Funny thing is, I use an iPad to increase productivity at work. Oh, the irony. Mm. (laughs) If you care about the business, don't be buying that tablet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I thought that was a really interesting insight into uh, uh, somebody who's being impacted by tablet sales from the inside. Mm. Mm. Uh, The chat room, I do have to point out, there's been a correction made, Tom, um, and I want to just make sure we get on top of it. The chat room has said you can't actually wrap something in a falafel. So I would just like to apologize. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess you could. You could try. You could smash it and then put it around. Uh. Could use an injection process. Yeah. Flatten the fluff. Yeah. Well, you could put it, it in the. Sh- yeah. Could yeah. you wrap it in the shawarma? <laughs> or is the shawarma the same thing? I'm so confused. I think the shawarma no, 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 is no. actually. No, so yeah. I could just only wrap it in the pita. I mean, I think that's what it comes to. Yeah, the pita is really what you're wrapping it in. You okay. Know. Okay. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just saying. Glad we got that taken care of. Uh, Ella Morton, thank you so much for being on the show. Hope we can have you back again. It was great to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. Mm. And uh, let folks know uh, more about uh, ORDB and the other stuff you're doing. Uh, yeah, URDB is the Universal Record Database, and it's the new home for world records. So if you go to URDB.org, you can set any world record you want. People get really creative on there. They they set all kinds of crazy things. I hold the record for longest time spent hula hooping while standing on one leg. So um, it's there only limits your imagination. And I also host Rocket Boom New York City, which you can see at rocketboom.com slash NYC. All right, Becky, uh, why why does this keep happening? I, I'm in the cottage, you're in Hawaii. You're in the cottage, I'm in Florida. We're actually the same person. That's true. You're my just, superhero just, alter ego. Blonde wig and some CG. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching. Twit.tv slash TNT is the place to find our website. You can email us, TNT at twit.tv, or give us a call, 260-TNT-SHOW. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, gang. 